I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki. What do you have for us today on Scam Squad? Hi, Patty. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I shared a scam involving emails, which were supposedly coming from the pastors of various churches in the area, asking for donations to help folks in need. Now, the hook for this fraud is the church connection. Because the communication supposedly came from the pastor of their church, people were prone to trust it and not ask too many questions. This is called affinity fraud, and I thought I should describe this fraud in more detail. Oh, I'm so glad you are. How do you define affinity fraud? Well, it's a type of investment scam in which a con artist targets members of an identifiable group. It could be your church group, your rotary club, a social club, an ethnic group, any organization where the members share some commonality. The fraudster either is or pretends to be a member of the group. For example, in one affinity fraud scam involving a hedge fund, it was an ex-Marine who targeted other Marines. Oh my goodness. What kind of scams do these fraudsters usually promote? Well, Patty, it's often a Ponzi or a pyramid scheme where any, quote, returns on investment are really the money the fraudster gets from new members he recruits into the scam. Well, Vicki, how do these scams work? Affinity fraud works on trust. It exploits the inherent trust within a group. So it works especially well within a church group where you expect your fellow parishioners to be honest and share your values. Now, sometimes the fraudster will try to enlist the help of the leader of the group, like the pastor, to market his investment scheme. So the leader becomes an unwitting pawn. He invests so others follow his lead. Oh, my goodness. This sounds a lot like what Bernie Madoff did. That's right. This was the biggest affinity fraud in history. Bernie targeted his friends, including many wealthy Jews, Jewish organizations, and charitable groups. So Bernie had a personal relationship with many of his investors, and they trusted him. When it all came crashing down, they felt personally betrayed. I can see why. How do these scams typically get exposed? Well, in the Madoff case, his scheme was exposed during the economic collapse of 2008, and this is typical. Frauds tend to collapse in a weak economy when people need to get their money out and find out there's no money to get. And if the scheme is discovered, the group might try to work it out between themselves just to avoid embarrassment, especially if prominent members of the group have been defrauded. So this makes it very difficult for law enforcement to find out about these frauds, which means the fraudsters can continue to scam other groups. Oh, that is just really terrible. Are seniors as a group at risk of being targeted by these fraudsters? Yes. There was a study done in 2011, and the most common affinity groups targeted by Ponzi schemers were the elderly or retired, also religious groups and ethnic groups. It seems to me that targeting seniors is particularly reprehensible since they no longer have the time to recoup their losses. That's right, and this kind of crime is particularly debilitating because you not only lose your money, 
you lose your sense of trust, particularly if the person you trusted you thought was your friend. And Patty, you also lose your sense of being safe in the world. Oh, and that's not something we want to lose. Are there certain kinds of ploys that these fraudsters might use to pull someone into their schemes? Yes, and this is according to a bulletin put out by the FBI on affinity fraud. Affinity fraudsters are expert manipulators. They are great salespeople. They will approach members of their social or religious circle with a wonderful investment opportunity, one that pays a high rate of return, and they use a variety of high-pressure tactics to get their victims money. They will also build credibility by claiming to be with a reputable firm or having special credentials. And they will say things like, this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You don't want to be the one who passed up buying Amazon when it was first offered. You don't want to blow this opportunity, but you have to do it now. You can't wait. And by the way, you are one of the few people I am making this offer to, so let's keep it between ourselves. And Patty, you may remember, this was a ploy used by Madoff. He acted like his fund was exclusive and not everyone could participate. Hmm. In a way, these are very much like techniques we've seen before, pushing the victim to act quickly and telling them to keep it secret. So what can someone do to avoid this kind of fraud? Well, Patty, was it Ronald Reagan who said, trust but verify Even if you know this person and tend to trust them, do your homework. Do some research not only on the investment itself, but also on the person offering it. Verify what they are telling you about the investment from an independent source. You can also check and see if the investment is registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. And if it is, you can get some key information about how this company operates. Also, never make an investment based solely on the recommendation of a member of a group to which you belong. Check an independent source. And don't make investments in secret. Talk to trusted friends, family members, financial professionals before giving someone your hard-earned money. And be very wary if the person offering the investment tells you to keep it a secret. Also, be suspicious if someone is pressuring you to act quickly. That is a big red flag. And remember that old adage, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So you're telling us to exercise our due diligence, which, of course, is always a great idea. That's right, Patty. And again, I have some good news for our listeners. Good news. <laughs> this part gives us hope. <laughs> it does give us hope. We do sometimes catch up with these folks. The headline here, and again, this comes from United States Department of Justice, man sentenced to 63 months for online fraud. So we've talked about identity theft, and what this person was doing was using stolen credit card numbers to order merchandise online, and then he had the merchandise shipped to him. He then used other folks' personal identifying information to sign up for credit cards. Then he opened investment accounts in his name, which were funded with money taken from other people's bank accounts using the stolen account numbers. He admitted that his conduct caused at least $508,000 in losses. 
he was sentenced, he will be going to prison, and that will be one more fraudster off the streets. Good news, Vicki. You know what always does surprise me, though? I mean, this was kind of a complicated thing that this fraudster did. And it just seems to me if someone is that clever, if they could just put it to use in a legal way that they're not hurting people, they could be very successful. Isn't that the truth, Patty? Makes us scratch our heads. It certainly does. And the other thing I just wanted to bring up, the one sad thing about all of this, that the affinity scam especially brings it up, is that it's probably hurting legitimate organizations who really do need to raise money for a good cause, you know, as the hurricane is approaching and we don't know what damage is being done, but there will be damage and we know it's already hit the, the Caribbean. Uh, it's hard, but you really have to do your due diligence. As you said, you just can't give because you don't know if it's going to go to the source where it's intended. That's exactly right, and there are always frauds that spring up after disasters, so you have to be particularly careful. So we're not telling you not to be generous, but definitely do your due diligence. Absolutely. Thank you, Vicki, for another great episode. Until next week. Thank you, Patty. Bye-bye.